We're rolling. Welcome back, everyone. This is episode 119 Correct. of the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast. Just so you know, when I say 119... We're as shocked as anybody to be at these to sure. have lasted this long. No, every time so we I'm do like, an episode, one hundred and nineteen, like, <laughs> we made it again. It's just personally fulfilling. I'm sorry, everybody. We made so it again, yeah, you're right. We're doing, they're letting us do this again. This is like cheering yourself on for every step you take up the stairs. <laughs> I made it. We are brought to you by Black Belt Digital Marketing. Anything you need to build your business on and offline. So that's web design, Google Ads, graphics, printing. Um, we do embroidery. We do, you know, uh, geez, what else do we do? We could do like any of your your promo items. Check us out at Black Belt Digital Marketing on Instagram or our website, which is bbdigitalmarketing.com, okay? You can request a free online review of your entire online presence today. I'll send you back a video with a report. My little face is in the corner. You'll get sick of seeing me. So, uh, my name is Milton Campus. I'm a brown belt training out of South Florida. We got Bo behind the camera. Hola. All right, everybody. Don't forget to like, comment, share, click the subscribe button. We'd really appreciate all the support. Uh, Joining us today is black belt Clark Gracie. Right? Our first Gracie? Our first Gracie. Woo-hoo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? uh, Clark is the grandson of Carlos Gracie Sr. and son of Carly Gracie. All right? So we'll have him on in, a, in just a few minutes. A few quick shout-outs, though. First, uh, let's, uh, this is a total coincidence that we're about to, to see this, but uh, I, got, uh, I lost my other pair. I'm going to find them, I swear to God. I lost my other pair of Leo Optics. Thankfully, they sent us a few. Um, That's why they I sent had, you a few. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah. what did I say? Like, I don't buy expensive glasses because yeah. I'm always losing them or sitting on them or dropping them. But these are these are my new favorites. I found them. Well, like losing them, them means nice somebody one. found them, which in a way is promoting. No, no. I know they've <laughs> got to be in my house somewhere. I know like I wore them. I had them. I put them in my bag and, and your I cat, just can't your find cat's them. cat's wearing them secretly. So anyway... You want to show the screen over here, Bo? Sure. Um, I'm showing. These are called Alvore da Vida, Tree of Life. I hope I said that right. All right. So these are really cool, right? These are uh, a lot of the glasses. Not every single pair. Most of the glasses, at least this is how it started, are made from this bamboo, right? Very and nice. yeah. uh, just coincidentally, yeah. this one that I chose to wear that I've been wearing for the last few days was actually, there's Clark. Uh, he works with Leo Optics, and actually Leo Optics put us together with Clark. So thank Look you, uh, thank you both, thank you Lionel, and thank you Clark for for joining us. But check them out, reasonably priced. I've always paid like probably a hundred bucks or more for a good pair of glasses. Yeah, and uh, super lightweight. Love them. Love the little. Uh, you get a picture of that, but right, you got the little. Uh, you little. know our our jujitsu red stripe that indicates your. You know that usually it's just on the black belt. Doesn't mean that you're a black belt. It's okay to buy them, guys. But uh, I love these. They're great. They fit great. I got a big head. So need one a to lot ma- of times they like squeeze the side of my head, you know? Need one to match these your coral belt. <laughs> no, coral belt something <laughs> way different. We'll, uh, we'll educate you on that one day. So there check out Leo Optics. Website, leooptics.com. Use code JJD for 10% off your order. On our Instagram, there's a Linktree link. If you click that, you can visit all these sponsors and, and even Black Belt. Everybody that we talk about today, they'll have a link there. Uh, thank you to our friends over at Flown Roll. Hands down, the best custom gear and gear in the business. Uh, love working with Sean. I talk to him probably for a couple of hours every couple of weeks. Um, 
it, we bounce ideas off of each other. He did a custom Nogi kit for us. So it, just a, a, he's a pleasure to work with. Check them out on Instagram at flow underscore and underscore roll. Check out not only their t-shirt designs and really cool stuff they have, but the custom work that they do for academies all over the country. If you have not visited that site or you're a gym owner and you haven't had a conversation, just a conversation with Sean about his pre-order program, just imagine a gym owner right now. Somebody's got to be listening to us that has written a check for five, 10, maybe even 15 grand to get geese, no gee tops, right? Get a, a kit, shorts, top, you know, a full gee, belts, all of that stuff. You lay out all this money and then you have all this inventory. Well, he's got a pre-order program. Flow and Roll has a pre-order program where you can put very little out of pocket. He'll design your custom kits, your gi, your no-gi stuff, and you pay very little out of pocket. They do a, a pre-order program on their website. So students or anybody that wants to order your stuff, they're actually ordering it before it's created. He'll send that stuff directly to him, and you're basically like using the money that people have paid towards the order so you don't have to lay it out of your pocket you'll still get inventory after the pre-order is completed but you're helping pay for your own order what an amazing way to do it who does that Bo I mean right who who's like hey listen we'll work this out and so you have to take very little out of your pocket it's not like he's keeping more than you would have than it's not. It's just a way to help you get your stuff. It's a very your cooperative students, yeah. way of doing yeah. business. Students, fans are able yeah. to buy your stuff. He takes the payment. Especially he sends it directly gyms, to them. Especially if they're new gyms. Yeah. They have so much to lay out to begin with. Yeah. They don't have a lot of spare spare change laying around. Just so you know? It's the way that we did the Nogi kit. Yeah. So we yeah, had yeah, yeah. the top and the bottom. Yep. We put the pre-order. People ordered it. I ordered more for, as inventory. I've sent them a cup, a check for, or you know, made an online payment for a few hundred dollars. I did the reorder. We have a, you know, he has our stuff on it. He actually sends out our stuff, so he just keeps it. Mm-hmm. So we have like a kind of a different deal in that regard. But I've had to take very little out of pocket to work with Sean, have these amazing designs done. So we actually just got in more gear. So if you want to check out the Peace Love Jiu Jitsu Rash Guard, again, go to our Instagram, click on the link tree, go to Flow and Roll, and you can check out our. We're on their team page. If you click on the the menu option, it says team. Click on that drop down. We're right at the top. It says jujitsu dummies, and you can see he's got t-shirts. He's got our no gi kit. We're going to wind up doing a, a gi with him, and I know that the coffee mugs are next because we always send out coffee mugs. Now we use a different provider, and I'm going to start using Sean. Cool. All right. Okay. And, uh, is there a code with? Him? Oh yeah. So we got uh, check them out again on Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll. And it's flow and roll flow, the letter N roll.com. Get 20% off your online orders with code JJD. You're not getting 20, 20, 20% off your, your pre orders. Yeah. As a gym owner, you're not getting 20% off your, your pre order. That's a separate it's, deal. If you're buying something <laughs> online, get 20% off with hey, code did, JJD. Did Sean bust your nuts about calling it flow and roll last night? <laughs> <laughs> how many people comment, hey, listen, comment in I, the box? <laughs> comment on how many people heard him I say flow and roll. I make this look easy, but every once in a while, you know. You went all it, 70s. You know, it's oh funny. My. It's not like I do it every day, right? So. When we do it once a week, I'm still I'm saying the same stuff, reading shout outs, but I still like to read it off because so you know, <laughs> all right, screw you, buddy. Thank you to the BJJ box for all your support as well. They're jujitsu's favorite monthly subscription box. It's delivered to your front door, filled with premium jujitsu, 
grappling apparel, equipment, supplements, supplies, snacks, and more. They find the best products out there in the world of jiu-jitsu and guarantee that every box is going to be worth more than the cost. Uh, we usually get anywhere from four to seven items. We get a, ours. We get a. We have the VIP box. We get a T-shirt. There are other boxes where you can get a rash guard. I think that one's more of a quarterly box. But check them out. Uh, it's the BJJbox.com. Use coupon code JJD10 for $10 off your first order. Okay? And hopefully we'll have a box on the next episode to do an unboxing. Shout out to Neutral Zone CBD. Did I do that right? Hold on. Neutral Zone CBD. I don't want you to, to tease me next episode. No matter if your aches and pains are coming from lifting weights at the gym, rolling on the mats, or just the daily grind of life, Neutral Zone has a product for you. Find your Neutral Zone by finding the best products for your pain wellness so you can continue your active lifestyle. Uh, tinctures, salves, roll-ons. Uh, they've a million Lotions, different products yeah, there. For yeah, something for everyone. Check them out at NeutralZoneCBD.com and you can get 25% off with code JJD. Okay? Nice. All righty. There you go. I only messed up one name. Who? <laughs> when I said NeutralZone, I think I caught myself. NeutralZone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people. Let's do this. Let's get Clark in here, man. Welcome, Clark. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Happy to be here. You just told us you're a little jet lag. You're coming in from where again? Yeah, I just came in from a, a Asia trip. So I was in Korea and Hong Kong doing some seminars at oh. our affiliate schools. Oh, very cool. Very cool, man. Well, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're super tired. So uh, we'll dive right in. Uh, obviously, you know, typically a lot of times we do the, oh, when did you get your start in jiu-jitsu? It feels like such a weird question to ask any Gracie. Uh, including you. It's just like, well, you kind of were born into it. But but tell us about your early life. Tell us about what it's like growing up as a Gracie. Yeah, I think uh has a lot of expectations, you know, to like just follow that path. But, um, you know, I was exposed to it um, early on, of course, uh, me and my siblings. And uh, but at the time, jujitsu in the U.S., because I was one of the first Gracies born in the U.S., uh, there, there wasn't really a lot of um, jujitsu going on, and uh, this was even you know before UFC, you know. So when I was about ten years old, almost ten years old, was like the first UFCs, and then it started to really pick up, and and my dad's uh, teaching started really picking up. So that's when I I was able to uh, you know get a lot more involved, get busier with it. So it was a good time, good so age, I think. Two. Let's talk about the lineage. Your grandfather is Carlos Gracie Sr. Correct. Correct. And your dad? Carla Gracie. Carla Gracie. Yeah. And um, when did you actually wind up stepping on the mats? Again, I got to imagine you probably, you know, you're around it, you see it, but when did you actually start training? Yeah, I really started training. I was like uh, 10 years old. Okay. Then did you take, was it, you just took to it or like, you know, some kids I'll be at the gym and like, the new kid starting is like, I don't want to go home, mommy. You know, was it, were you totally into it and it was just a thing? Or did you have, you know, kind of yeah. like, I don't really want to be here. I'd rather go watch the cartoons or something. Honestly, I, ne I never really uh, thought about like not doing it. Honestly, I don't know. Um, I just would go to school and then come there after, you know, and uh, that was just like regular part of my day. And I think somewhere in my adolescence, my teenage years, somebody asked me, do you, do you like jujitsu or do you just do it? You know? And I'm like, I, don't, I actually never thought about that before. I just, you know, I did something that I do, but then I thought, yeah, I do. Cause I do like it. You know, I just have fun with it. And I think I'm, I'm liking it more and more every day until now, you know, I just, 
keep having more and more fun with it. Very cool. There's a, you know, I, I pulled it up and I was showing my producer. Um, I guess, I guess we could call it a famous picture. There's a famous picture of you like in an Plata and you, you're on, you're like, you're holding the guys back and you're just looking over. I mean, that thing turned into a meme, right? You know, if, just yeah. you know, Google Clark, Clark Gracie and go to images and just scroll down a little bit and you're gonna you're gonna find it. It in that moment and you're look you're kind of looking over your shoulder. What were you looking at? Do you remember? I would imagine was, maybe you're looking at the scoreboard. Yeah, to tell you the truth, that was a New York open and uh they didn't have the big screens, you know. Uh-huh. So they had the, those little the those little things flip over, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. cards and like a timer, you know, like a Hand, hand oh, so you're not even seeing the time. You don't even know I how much time. Oh, wow. So I was always telling my corner who was, you know, I was in New York Open just uh, with some friends. And um, and I was looking over my friend, Sophia, who was this girl from Mexico. She was like yelling at me, a good friend of mine. And uh, and I was looking over to ask her, you know, I just said, all you need to do is tell me time and, and points. Like, I just want to know that, you know, like pretty clearly uh, throughout the match because, you know. You got to know, right? Did that <laughs> picture, like, did, when you saw that picture, did it, do you remember what year that is? That was 2012. Okay, so the internet's already around. Uh, it's not what it is today. Did that make its rounds, like, early on, was that, like, I'm seeing it everywhere and people are writing things over it, like, the, the meme world? I don't, I, I don't know if 2012 we were, how far we were into, like, memes and things like that. Do you remember that time? Yeah, to, to the, it was like. Did it make its actually, rounds? Yeah. That picture exploded in 2013, right after I won the Pan Ams. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I thought the picture, when I heard about people were saying, oh, on Reddit, uh, your, your picture is going crazy. And I was like, really? Um, I, I thought it was a, pic- a picture from the tournament that I did the day before, which was Pan Am finals. But it was actually uh, from the year before at, at New York Open. And... Um, yeah, so it was it was exploding at that time. And I think memes were like, yeah, just getting started. Yeah, you know, I, didn't, I wasn't even super familiar with memes, but it was so, just starting. So now the Omoplata's you're known for the Omoplata, and I think uh-huh. you have several variations that you've maybe coined the the, the name to. Or tell us a little bit about your uh, like when you started using the Omoplata and when you kind of found out like this is my go-to move. Like you know, is it or do you have others? Yeah, I have others, uh, but Omoplata is something that I feel really, really confident with and uh, something that I probably started drilling when I was a kid, like a teenager. You know, I used to like to do lasso guard. I think lasso guard works really well with Omoplata. I think it was like the kind of up and coming guard at the time. But then around brown belt, it was like this trend to like, you know, drill a ton. And I was like, well, I don't know what to drill. And then I had this like sweep that I like to do along with the Omoplata. And then I just started doing more and more. And I started catching it. And then I started challenging myself to get it on people. They already knew it was coming, you know, in training. Like, oh, Clark does Omoplata. And I was just like, only do Omoplata, just like mess with them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but then um, I started getting uh, some other variations off it, which became fun, which was like the the choke that I did in the Pan Am finals that year, 2013, which was kind of became popular and uh people started calling it Clarko Plata. Um I don't think anybody really ever did an Omoplata choke combination like that. Since then there's been a few people that have done ver- variation versions of that and variations. And then uh a little bit later I did a variation which was really crazy in 2018 uh which we call it Clarko uh no, Pretzel Plata. Okay. Pretzel Plata which also involves like the opposite leg 
So the guy's completely twisted up. And I did that. <laughs> the, yeah, I did that in the finals of uh, Nogi Worlds. And um, that got submission of the year by Flow Grappling. Oh, wow. And yeah, so I was able to name it Pretzel Plata. So those those variations, yeah, were uh, kind of became popular and, and people seek me out because of that. But I think Omo Plata is just kind of a, a not a super common submission. I mean, obviously, it's always there. But people don't always use it to submit it with, right? So, I feel like it's one of those like, oh, oh, oh I'm here. Oh, this is an, I'm in a normal plata, like right. And you're like, you wind up sitting up, you know. Um, yeah. I definitely, you know, people can make it happen, but I know for me, it's always like, oh shit, I'm here. Oh, let me sit up. I'm in a good spot. Here it goes. It's like a quarter's arm. Um, so as a a multiple time world champion, right? Gi and no gi, IBJJF champion. I wanted to do a little bit something different. You know, our, our podcast originally four years ago was conceived around like giving advice to like the newbies. Uh, not that we've gotten away from that, but I just wanted to do a little something different with you today. I wanted to go through the belt ranks from white to black and just talk about kind of like the common, like our, uh, I don't want to say misconceptions, but like the, uh, what would the word be, Bo? Like the, the things that we, like a uh, spazzy white belt and like blue belts quit, right? You know, I kind of want to go through that. And I'd like to maybe get your advice to each one of those those belt ranks. Uh, I'm a brown belt probably in the next year, you know, knock on wood. Um, I stay healthy. I, I would hope to have a black belt. So I know I'm going through a lot of this where I'm, the, I'm one of the higher belts and, and I'm always giving advice. So I don't, other than my coach, I'm not getting a lot of advice. I'm one of the higher ranks in, in my gym. So so let's, let's start with white belt. So white belt, what is the... Uh, uh, we what do we call white belts, right? There's a, a spazzy white belt just getting started. What's your advice to somebody who's just getting started in jujitsu? White belt, you know, the hardest belt to get, walking in the door, getting that belt, throwing it on for the first time, you know, breaking through your ego, you know, getting through that. Um, but just got to, you know, stick with it. And um, I think the first month is always the hardest, right? Because you're, you're taking a pounding, you're, uh, you know, bashing your ego, you're learning a ton, it's overwhelming. But uh, just be patient, take it all in, talk to people, ask questions, show good attitude because no one wants to help someone who's like arrogant in the sport, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Just, uh, be humble and and show that you're willing, you're happy to learn, you know, with a good attitude. And that usually helps people open up to you and want to help you. Do you ever, do you have talks with your higher belts, so like Blue and, and Beyond? I recognize as a business owner, I don't have a gym. I have a marketing company kind of related to what we do here. And, you know, I'm always telling people, be gentle with the white belts, right? You've got to make them feel welcome. Yeah. Um, some people might look at this, like, you know, white belts are like food, but no, they're, they're not. They're supposed to be your friends, right? Yummy. And you want, you want them for your coach, right? For the, for the sake of the business, you do want them to come back next week, next month, yeah. you want them to love this. Um, I'm always telling white belts, if you have somebody that's really beating up on you, the best thing you could do is what you just said is ask questions. When somebody who's kind of maybe doesn't know you and is already taking it to you and, and really kind of, you know, just constantly submitting you, you ask some questions and you put them in this teacher role. They kind of calm down. I, I, I find that they tend to calm down a little bit. And they're like, oh, they feel a little bit good that somebody's asking them a questions. And then they take this teacher role and the relationship becomes a little different. It's what I've told white belts. Look, if the guy's always kicking your ass, ask them questions. Ask them to start in a certain position. What, what are your thoughts on that? And what do you tell your higher belts? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it was very common for white belts to come out and they're just like, you know, feel like they're in a 
a street fight, you know, so much adrenaline. And uh, you see these purple belts and brown belts just like kind of really flowing, like super casually shaking hands, making grips, like like just this easy flow, you know? And then it escalates with with the uh, time, right? And intensity, but um, yeah, nobody likes a spazzy white belt. And, you know, you see white belt, white on white crime, white belt <laughs> making each other, you know? And then and you see these white belts hurt each other. And, uh, and then one of them doesn't come back or gets a bad, uh, you know, gets rubbed the wrong way and, 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 you know, yeah. thinks, okay, this isn't for me. What am I doing? You know, I've had white belts tell me like they, you know, finish training, go sit in their car and they're like, what the hell am I doing? You know, I just got ordered <laughs> for a whole hour. You know, wh- why am I doing this to myself? You know, but it's those uncomfortable situations in anything we do in life that makes us really grow. Right. Yeah. And, you know, in the upper belts, we really reap the benefits of those things, not just in our training, but even in our personality, our level of discipline, our mental uh, stability, you know, for things like that. I was rolling the other day and I had, uh, it was a white belt and he's a pretty big and strong dude. I'm uh, maybe like 5'10", 5'11", 230, and he's taller and heavier than me. And he's he's always goes so hard and I, you know, I took it to him a little bit and when we were done, he was just like, I could see him being like, wow, that was a great roll. That was so hard. He's like, man, but you're always kicking my ass. And I go, I'm about to go roll with that guy over there. It's a purple belt, half my age. I go, watch this. He's going to kick my ass. It happens. You know, it's just like different belts and different ages and strengths, right? I'm about to, he's about to do to me what I just did to you. Cause the kid is like a judo brown belt, a purple belt in jujitsu, you know, again, works out every day. He's taller, thinner, stronger, faster. I'm like, I, it, it, you know, shit rolls downhill. Basically we, we all have somebody that's going to take it to us. So don't be uh, so uh, quick to like, you know, oh God, I'm always getting beat up. Everybody gets beat up. I saw my, I hope he doesn't listen to this. Don't my be professor, a wuss. Don't be a wuss. My professor <laughs> got tapped out by a brown belt from another school the other day. I was just like, holy shit. It was right, right in front of me. I was like, holy shit. I never saw my professor tap to anybody before. So again, shit, it happens to everybody. And if you stick to it, you're going to, you know, it's going to all work out. So, so let's talk about sticking to it and, and blue belts. Right, so blue belts, what are they known for, right? Not only, uh, you know, kind of uh, getting a little cocky when they get their blue belts, but they're also known for quitting, right? Yeah. The, the the blue belt curse. Thoughts on that? Does that happen in your school? And, and what do you tell blue belts when, uh, when maybe they come to you and say they're thinking about quitting? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I don't get that, that conversation too often, but, um, you know, after, you know, a year, you know, things happen in people's lives, you know, they, they move, the things, things happen, right? Or that has makes them stop training sometimes or uh or not training with you but um yeah i think people kind of sometimes think like all right you know i i know a little bit i know enough to like take care of myself now you know i i didn't really start jiu-jitsu to become a world champion or anything so i i understand what i what i got myself into and uh you know let's let me try something different but i think a lot of times people get that that itch and, and it's hard to stop as well but um you know maybe it's ego um i don't know i don't know uh blue belts is uh yeah it's one of those dangerous belts but you know blue and purple i think you have that same thing because they're they're like pretty solid already you know and, and, and as we go up we see more and more people drop off right yeah but yeah we like to say blue belts like they know the basics so maybe once they feel like okay i i got you know, a good handle on, on what I'm, what I'm uh, studying. Like they feel like yeah. they don't need that forever. 
I've gotten the feeling sometimes that white belts will sometimes make the blue belt the goal. I got there. You know, some schools, they might do it in, uh, you know, under a year or a year and may, you know, some schools might wait, you know, might do it, you know, two years, yeah. uh, depending on time, time on the mat, are you competing? I feel like I, they tend to like, I got my, as, I'm not a white belt anymore. I, at least I stopped and I got a belt so I can have that. I can say that like, like almost like it's a bragging right, but I don't necessarily yeah. feel, you know, not everybody's like that, but people that I've spoken to or people that have left, it felt like that was the goal and they knew like, yeah, this isn't for me, but I want to get the blue belt and then I'm going to stop. I mean, you're a gym owner. I'm not, sure. uh, you know, kind of from the outside, maybe looking in and just some of the people I've conversated with. And again, it, it makes, it's felt like they thought, okay, got it. Done. All right, I'm done. And again, you know, I could take care of myself. I know enough, but yeah. then, okay, now we get to, to purple belt. Uh, I heard Joe Rogan the other day say, and I don't necessarily agree with this. He goes, well, when you're a purple belt, you're pretty much a black belt. And I was like, what? Uh, I, I, I get where he was going, where he's just like, you know so much that there's there's so much that you know, but now you're fine-tuning. You're really kind of, I think, uh, maybe uh, developing a game or like an omoplata, right? You're developing like, okay, I've got this move that I love to do, and then you start to learn different things about it. What, what are your thoughts there on purple belt? Style. What's a, a common stereotype of, of a purple belt? If there is one, I'm not sure. Other than not showing up for warm-ups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to say uh, Purple Belt is kind of like you, you've you read the book of Jiu-Jitsu, you've seen all the techniques, now you're personalizing it, right? Like at Blue Belt, Blue to Purple, you've you've learned so much and now uh, you're creating your own style of it, your own, your own setups, your own strategies, your personalized style. Are you a guard puller? Are you a passer? Do you like takedowns? Do you, you know, what, what, what are your favorites? You know, you don't just like kind of dabble and know a little bit of everything you actually have narrowed down a little bit to know what you actually are are where your strengths are right and kind of yeah. defining defining your personal game um but my coach he'll tell me uh, he'll see me roll and he'll and i do i have a i love the north south joke and my coach is huge on the 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 lockdown and like electric chair and all, all the types of sweeps there like an x guard into the lockdown and i we're constantly learning it, so that's one of my moves. But when he sees me doing the same thing all the time, I feel like I'm going with the like, "Hey, do it ten thousand times" mantra, and I'm gonna perfect it. He'll he'll call, he'll he tells me I'm spamming. He says you're spamming, you're doing it too much, and I'm like, <laughs> "But I thought I was supposed to do it ten thousand times to you know." And and yeah. I honestly I don't really listen to that part of it, but I I think he's you know he's trying to get me to just you know just to try some different things. But um, did you feel that with the omoplata? I think you kind of said something about that before. Do you feel like it's like everybody, I don't want to be a one trick pony. Basically. Did you have that thought go through your head? Uh, Yeah. Somebody had made a comment one time um, when I was competing a ton saying, Oh, as long as you don't get on a plot, you you might, you know, do better. You'll be okay. (laughs) I think. And I was like, Oh man, I'm going to have to start like, you know, hold on. I got a bag of tricks right here for you. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, like, uh, I started doing a bunch of Kimuras, you know, so I think I have one of the uh, super solid Kimura, uh, not just Kimura, but Kimura game, like all around. Um, I released a couple of instructionals on Kimura, but also Omoplata, but, um, you know, that's another one of my strengths, but, you know, I really also like chokes. Um, but yeah, I think it's uh, it's good to challenge yourself. And um, 
you know, in my academy, we focus on a certain area on the ground every week. It changes, right? So during that week, I'll make a goal to like get to that position and finish from there, you know? So it might be a different submission that that's, it's not my favorite. It's not my main thing, or even this position, you know, like for a while, I, I think I, I felt like, man, I don't finish people on the back too often. You know, it's like not really my strong point. So let me try all this week. I'm just going to get to the back and try to finish people from the back, you know? And I felt like even within one training session, my back attacks were better than when I started, you know? It's very fulfilling to know I've done that and I've been like, I'm going to go and try this move or a variation of what my coach is teaching. We usually do like a series for the entire month. So it just, he just keeps on adding on to that series for one full month. And uh, I'll usually, I'll go home and I'll usually find like a video or two. I want to see some, some variations of what he's taught, how other people are doing. Again, I'm a bigger guy. So sometimes I'm not very flexible. I'm older. This doesn't work for me that way. So I've got to find what I'm doing wrong. So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of look up and, and kind of figure out what's going to work for me. Um, obviously you're wearing a BJJ fanatics, uh, t-shirt. Yeah. What, what are you telling your students about consuming jujitsu outside of the gym? Are you telling, get that instructional? Are you telling them, I know it, let me just, let, let's kind of break it down this way. The old Clark, when you were younger, before the internet was what it is, was there a different view on it? And what is your view now with instructionals and watching videos and students trying things that they're seeing before they're actually taught in the gym? Yeah, I'm not that old though, you know what I mean? No, no, I'm, I would say I'm old. <laughs> I'm old. The but, internet was around. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the earlier days when it wasn't yeah, what yeah. it is now, right? Pre-BJJ uh, yeah. Fanatics, pre-really YouTube blowing up like it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't want to call you old. <laughs> Thank you to Feito IT and AV, specializing in commercial and residential automation, security cameras, CCTV, POS, and more. Check them out at feitoitav.com or call 305-428-2515 and let them know the dummy sent you. Thank you to Neutral Zone CBD, a combat family-owned company that supports athletes and the people who love them. Neutral Zone strives to deliver clean CBD products for sports recovery in gummies, lotions, balms, roll-ons, and more. After a competition, a hard rolling session, or a tough day on the job, Neutral Zone has a product designed to help you reduce inflammation, increase cell rejuvenation, and may even help with aging joints. Visit NeutralZoneCBD.com and get 25% off your order with code JJD. And follow them on Instagram too, at MyNeutralZone. Jiu-Jitsu's favorite monthly subscription box has now joined the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast. The BJJ Box is delivered to your door filled with premium jiu-jitsu and grappling apparel, equipment, supplements, supplies, snacks, and more. The crew at the BJJ Box find the best in the world of jiu-jitsu and guarantee every box to be worth more than the cost. Each box includes four to seven items you're going to love. Visit thebjjbox.com and use code JJD10 to get $10 off your very first box and give them a follow on Instagram at thebjjbox. Special thank you to the crew over at Flow and Roll for all their support. Flow and Roll is renowned for their incredible nogi rash guards, shorts, and leggings. Flow and Roll has quickly become the premier custom apparel provider for academies big and small throughout the United States. Reach out today to discuss your custom order and ask about their incredible pre-order program. 
You can send an email to flowenroll at gmail.com or visit their Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll and shoot them a direct message. And yes, they can create an awesome custom gi for your academy as well. Visit flowenroll.com to check out their awesome designs and while you're there, pick up a jujitsu dummy signature tee exclusively at flowenroll.com. And remember, you'll get 20% off your purchase of t-shirts, rash guards, or gis with code JJD. Now I'm just thinking like uh, what was go- actually going on in the internet, you know, at that time. Well, I got my black belt in 2010 and um, yeah, I mean, I was kind of like, I don't even want to post uh, what I'm doing, you know, because you want I want my competitors to study me, you know, because that was super common, right? Oh, you got this guy in your, in your, in your bracket, study his game, see what he does. You know, is he a guard pooler? Is he, what kind of submissions does he like? So I was kind of uh, against uh, sharing too much at that time. But, uh, you know, with time, I just got more relaxed about it. And um, and I think, you know, yeah, there was this like stigma about being this YouTube blue belt kind of thing, you know, yeah. where you just go online every day and, and, and learn these things that don't necessarily work. But how would you know any different? Right. Or these guys that, you know, don't really even train too much or don't train. You know, they just watch YouTube videos. Nowadays, though, there's a lot of good content out there, but it's still, you still have to filter through, you know, and the, I think a lot of people will post just anything and and there's a lot of stuff that, that isn't the best, but um, but yeah, you can definitely learn stuff and, you know, finding people that specialize in a certain, certain area, which you'll find a lot on these instructionals, like BGG Fanatics has a lot of uh, good stuff and they contacted me about doing uh, Omoplata uh, instructional and um and then i you know told them hey i'd like to do a kimura instructional as well because it's uh something that i i really do really do well i actually get more kimuras probably than than omoplata's really but my finishing rate on omoplata is, is is really high um but yeah so i think it can be good but to answer your question i think it's a like a bonus like a supplemental part of your training but you, it's not something that you can just rely on like oh i'm just gonna study online and go practice you know with some friends you know yeah um, when i when i first started jujitsu i used to i i can just went home and just like watched everything and i'd actually in the beginning i'd bring my ipad and i'd tell my coach he, it was a brand new gym so i was like his first student so it was very small school and i used to bring the ipad and be like hey can we work on this and it, it annoyed him in the beginning and then as we started training at the end of class, he'd be like, all right, what do you got for me today? And I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. And I would show him the moves. So it just became part of what we did that, you know, he would show me the basics. He'd show me a more advanced move during the, during our training. And then he would, he would like, let me, you know, pick something out. So I did yeah. that in the beginning and I definitely, I tell people all the time, um, you know, before I used to just watch everything. Now I tell people, Go on, take whatever move we did that day or the series that we're doing. Look at that. Why wouldn't you really try to perfect that? So don't just go again and just like try to grab anything off the internet. Go find what the coach is is teaching you. And then you're going to see all these variations. And at least you've got the starting point. You're learning that starting point from your coach. And then maybe introduce a little trick here and there. And I think that that's a pretty healthy way of doing it rather than finding some crazy, uh, you know, um, move and and hurting somebody. Uh, and, And you know what? With that being said, uh, am I wrong in the whole, the case, if you don't mind talking about it, the case that just happened with, I think it's Greenlee. Were, were you the, you were the, um, expert witness, the expert witness yeah. for the, the, de- defense. the defense. 
Yeah. Uh, we actually had we had an attorney on a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he, you know, he kind of like went back and forth on it a little bit. Um, he just kind of like went through some of the some of the 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 kind of like the intricacies of the actual law. So uh, from from your side, um, like I didn't hear your name at first. Like so much was put behind Henner, and like oh, the forty six million. Where when you started to see all that stuff, what what were you thinking? What, what you know, were you like, like your name didn't get thrown out there like his did, but what were you thinking when when everybody started to attack him like that? Well, um, I think the, the 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 idea that you know I'm reading a lot of people's comments and and seeing what people have to say about it, but uh, it it was kind of scary because it really makes people feel you know there's a lot of scammers out there and and, and it opens the door for people to think like okay, you know, if I get hurt, I'll just sue this academy mm-hmm. and make millions, you know? So we don't want people to have that. You know, I've, I've heard of stories of like people in wheelchairs uh, go walk, you know, go knock on doors and, and see, can I uh, use your bathroom? And if it's not handicapped, uh, uh, what, Accessible. by the regulation? Accessible, yeah. Yeah, then then they can, they're, they're legal to sue, you know, yeah. they can sue them, you know? But as long as the owner says, oh, we don't have public bathrooms, then then you're good, you know? Uh, but you know, there's, uh, there's people that just, that's a business, you know, in itself, unfortunately. Uh, so, you know, Henry was, was hired to do that case, you know, and so he did his, his, his job, you know, he did his part and I did mine, you know, and that's pretty much it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it's crazy. The, the amount that's in it, I think the media tried to twist people's, uh, perception of the case, like saying, this guy gets paralyzed as a white belt, got paralyzed by a black belt. And, you know, but actually the guy made like uh, pretty close to a full recovery. Anyways, uh, I'm, I think they're they're appealing the case and, and things are going on. And I'm probably not fully at liberty to talk about okay. it. You know? But it's, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it went crazy, right? All over the internet, everybody yeah, knew. Yeah, I, I think uh, once, I know for me, once I heard him, Henry, to, uh, he did an Instagram live with Tom the Boss. I'm not sure if you saw that. I think no. it shed a little bit more light on it, and it it really started to make sense. And anybody who was hating on him was like, "Okay, I get it. I, 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 I kind of see everything." He did some stuff with the video and showed the art, the guy's arm getting trapped and things like that. So uh, we'll move on from that. So so let's get to to brown belt. I'm a brown belt. I remember what it was like to get my brown ah brown belt. I'm almost a black belt, right? Um, yeah. What are the stereotypes of brown belt? Uh, are there any? I don't. I don't know that there are a lot of negative stereotypes for brown belt. But what are your expectations of a brown belt in your gym? I expect them to, like I said, in purple, defining their game. So I think at brown belt, you 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 know what you do well. Like you said, you like the head and arm choke. That's like a strong position for you. Um, now creating more and more uh, strategies. You know, so you know what you do well. You define your style. You're still defining your style, making it better and better. Um, you can learn techniques a lot easier, faster by maybe just watching them. Uh, but I think mainly what I look for is can you lose a position? Like let's say you're going for an armbar, and now you you were able to someone escaped your armbar, but now you're on to the next submission or you're connecting into a sweep out of it. You're looking into like a, the positive side of the scramble, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not, um, you're, you're you're making seamless transitions between one technique to the other. Yeah, you start to and, think, uh, I guess, like what do they say? Like a few moves ahead, you kind of exactly. know. Well, if this isn't working out, I know that I'm going right here. And you do, you kind of have a, uh, 
I have a plan, but I w- didn't think about the plan. Like my body, I guess that we go back to that invisible jujitsu, I guess. Right. Right. You kind of just start to know where your body is and, and what uh, the next good move is, I guess. Right. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes you're, you're, you're reacting without even thinking about it. Right. It's yeah. becoming instinctual at that point. Yeah. So do yeah. your, your brown belts in your school do, are they, you know, is there a conscious conversation with them? I know like I'm always happy to help somebody or, uh, if there's a new guy coming in, they know like, oh, you can put him with Milton. He's going to give him like the jujitsu 101 and they might be doing something crazy over here, but I'll take him and I'll, you know, okay, let me start in your guard or start in my guard and we'll do a sweep and break the guard, sweep, side control, things like that. Um, do you, do your brown belts, is it just kind of like a given, like, hey, you're supposed to help people. You're not here to just to beat up the new guys, but you should be taking the role as a, a, a you know, kind of an unofficial coach. Yeah. I mean... I don't ask them to like walk around the room or anything like that. Uh, they may see someone struggling close by and be like, Hey, I'm going to help this person out or pair them with someone who's newer or new, you know, just to uh, make sure they, they feel welcome and they feel, uh, in, you know, guided through their, through the beginning. But uh, I also think it's important that these upper belts don't do too much of that. You know, I think, uh, Brown belts can get kind of uh, caught up, like being that assistant coach kind of a deal mm-hmm. and miss out on a lot of like important training for themselves. You know, they need to have those like really tough rounds. Uh, they need to uh, just battle a ton, you know, and and really like condition them for, for what's coming next, you know, at black belt, yeah. because, uh, you know, I think there's a time for being a coach and there's a time for, for uh development you know so sparring time i think is important to have like good tough rounds my uh my co-host miguel who's not with us today uh he's on a little hiatus from the show he says i'm always talking about again being nice to the lower belts because you don't want them to quit and one time on the show he looked at me and he says it's okay to be mean sometimes milton and i'm like (laughs) okay right and then the other day i was actually i i texted him i was he sent me a picture of him training and i just said i texted him back and i was like I was very mean tonight and he was like, good. It's good to be mean sometimes. And I just, like, I, I just went harder with, with my roles and maybe not just beating up on white belts, but just rolling harder. Uh, I tend to, again, yeah, I'm that guy that like, I'll go out of my way to help somebody and maybe not get my rounds in the, you know, as much. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that one day I told him like, yeah, I was mean. So, so now let's, uh, so you just said like for somebody like me now, black belt, the common, uh, not a stereotype for Bible, but the common, uh, I think this, the, the the saying is, right, it's like, it all starts at Black Belt. Something like that, like, right? This The journey really begins at Black Belt. As somebody who's had that Black Belt since when? 2010. 2010. Yeah. Do you remember that time? Like, okay, yeah, training got, it was it, it became different. It got harder. What, what What do you remember about that time of getting your Black Belt? Yeah, I think um, I think mentality, like mentally wise, I, I feel like I had nothing to lose anymore because you know I was just you know I was in my prime. I'm like stepping into competition a ton. I start competing more than ever. I feel like I almost don't even remember before black belt as much. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I remember like bits and pieces of it, but yeah, black belt, you really like the memories become a little bit more. You know, everything becomes a little bit more uh, carries more weight. You know, and, um, but yeah, black belt, um, 
you 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 it's like you're starting over in the way that like you know it's uh, you're the again at the bottom you know if you're a new black belt and there's all different kinds of black belts out there right and there's yeah. people that get their black belt and then they get scared of losing and then they just decide to not train anymore really or especially if you're like a big fish in a small pond you know you're you're on some place isolated in the world where there's not a lot of jiu-jitsu and you just you know you don't want to risk uh you want to keep that that um reputation of just being this the top guy so you know you just yeah. kind of stop training. so i really respect the guys that are you know, able to stay humble and are okay, are okay you know like tapping and challenging themselves even with like you know you said your instructor you know fighting against you know visitor brown belts or whoever you know and you know going going hard against you know any, anybody and not being afraid to to get humbled by somebody still you know yeah yeah. So you meant you're talking about winning and losing. So let, let's talk about the competition side of things. Um, I would consider myself, some people tell me to stop saying this, but I consider myself a hobbyist. I have a day job. I do the podcast. I, have a, I run a company. I do the podcast. And I am these days I'm probably training, I would say maybe five to six days. Our school is open seven days and I've just, I've turned it on as I know that I'm getting closer to black belt and the coaches say a little something like, Oh, it's, you know, it's coming soon. And I've just felt like it's my responsibility to, to earn it, not to just, you know, I had been down to training maybe two to three days a week for a while. Um, and now I'm, I'm there five days, six days a week, open mats on Saturday and Sunday. Very lucky that our, our gym is, is open seven days a week. Um, it's, it, it, it is just, it's, it's different, but again, I consider myself a hobbyist. Uh, I competed a little bit at white through purple. Um, what are you telling guys about the competition side of the world? Again, you've got guys that, that come into this and they do it as a profession, right? They are professional competitors. And then you have your hobbyists. What's the conversation like with somebody who's training with you? Are you pushing them to compete or is it really, if you want to compete, come to me and I'm going to guide you. I think it's beneficial to compete at every level. And, and you hear a lot of people talk about the difference of training with people that are competitors and, and that are not, you know, a little bit of like the timing and the intensity and, and uh, the attention to being in a dangerous position and explosivity. But I think in the end, like uh, what's most important is, is that you just have fun with jiu-jitsu, man. You know, you just get out there and train and enjoy the, the art, of what it is, the creativity of it, the physical side of it, and uh, the mental side of it, you know, you're going to reap the benefits, you know, just from being on the mat and just being around good people and developing, continuing, Jiu-Jitsu is going to be developing around you, whether you like it or not, you know, whether you're developing or not. And I think keeping your mind open to learning new stuff as it continues to develop, whether you create it, someone else creates it, uh, just keeping an open mind and, and uh, you know, like this black belt is the beginning, but, but Jiu-Jitsu never stops growing. So, I mean, you know, if you just stop training at black belt, eventually you kind of regress, you know, you, yeah. because it's moving forward. So you got to keep moving forward with it. Well, man, uh, when I'm, when I'm out for like a week, if I get a cold or I'm sick, when I come back, there's my, my like, I feel and you're rusty. Like there's a little bit of like ring rust, even after just a short amount of time. So yeah. I, I know for me, um, like, during COVID it was, I had also blown out my knee the day before I was going into quarantine for work. 
like in that March when it started. So like, okay, if I had to blow out my knee, at least uh, going into COVID and, you know, things were closing, closing down out here, um, you know, for somebody that's off the mat for like, you know, let's say they, they've been off the mat. What would you tell a guy to get him back in the gym? Like, you know, okay, you made it to whatever belt. It doesn't have to be black belt. Is there a time like, hey, listen, just just get back in the gym. Do you have those conversations with people who have left? And it's just like, there's always a guy that's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get back in. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back in. What's your conversation with a guy like that? Honestly, um, I, I kind of consider everybody in the academy kind of like extended family, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, I can tell people like, yeah, you know, your, your, your jiu-jitsu is doing great. You're getting, you know, you're moving forward. Don't lose your progress. But really, it's just like, hey, man, we miss you, man. Come back and train, you know, like yeah. come hang out, come be part of, you know, stay part of the community, stay connected to us, you know. So just as like if you haven't seen a brother, your brother in a while, your family, your cousin, you know, it's like, hey, you know, let's let's get back together again. You know, it's just like the common area where we all hang out. So it's, uh, you know, just kind of creating that that strong family environment, you know. And, yeah. Um, but I think the community of jiu-jitsu is what's so unique to other compared to other sports, you know, there's a different kind of, um, different kind of intimacy, if you will, in jujitsu regard in, in comparison to other sports and, and, uh, how, how our egos are mashed and developed and, you know, in jujitsu and, and, uh, how we get to know each other, you know, is, yeah. uh, different. We might not know each other's name, but we've sweated on each other. We've put weight on each other. We've put our hands all over each other's necks and, <laughs> You know, we, the sweat uh, in the eyeball, that's the one yeah, that, you know, that gets me like, hey, what's literally your name right into the <laughs> eye socket. <laughs> yeah, man, you don't get to know somebody that well usually, you know, so I think it's very easy to become become close to someone. might be easy also to, to get upset with someone, but, um, you know, you see people's real personalities coming out. Yeah. And, I think, uh, you know, so it's always tough when people, you know, you see someone leave, you know, someone, you know, whether it's a, your training partner or a lot of time to me as a student, as, as seeing students leave, it's like, man, like you're doing well. I put all this into you, this time into you. And, and, but, but, you know, mainly it's like, uh, you've become part of our family and we don't want you to go. You Is know? there a little, as a coach and as a gym owner, do, do you feel like a certain, uh, I don't know, want to use the word like loss or did I fail the student? Do you ever have like that internal struggle of like, wow, what did I do wrong that, that he's leaving? Does that ever happen to you? Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it doesn't happen too often that I have to have the, those conversations. I mean, maybe people make stuff up and tell me like, yeah. I have to stop training because of this reason. But, I'm moving. And then you see them at the supermarket yeah. three weeks later. Yeah. I mean, you know, in the end, uh, you got to respect people's decision. They are still the client, right? They're still yeah. on the, it's their membership. It's their choice, you know? So yeah. they're the customer. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you do your best to, to give them a good environment. You care about everybody. You show that you really uh, care that they're there, you mm-hmm. know, and don't blow them off like another number, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it's, it's, it's tough for people to leave, you know, it's tough for, to see people leave um, from both sides. But um, yeah. All right. I mean, so I, I do have a listener question. I'm going to preface this with, are, are you still competing? You competed last year, right? You're, you still I competed active? last year. Yeah. Yeah. Are you are you going to be competing throughout this year or where where you're at? Yeah. Where are you at? 
I'm competing, yeah. you know, not as much as, as I have before, but I'm, I still think it's healthy to, to stay active and have a goal and continue training. You know, I, I don't, uh, I don't think it's going to happen to me where I'm like, you know, completely just like let myself go and, you know, just, uh, get too relaxed where I'm, you know, not even sparring anymore, but okay. I think I will, I would like to continue to have like at least one tournament a year. Mm-hmm. So I've always thought like, you know, master of worlds is a good one. And I don't know if I'm going to do that forever, but, um, you know, every time I do it, I always, I'm happy I did it. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I challenged myself, trained for it, developed my game and, uh, stepped up to that challenge, felt the adrenaline, you know, felt alive as much as you can at that moment. So I think it's, uh, it's a good thing to just have one little focus a year, at least okay. something to try. So we had a listener question that that's talking about uh, uh, competition. It's uh, his Instagram handle is the nimble Yeti. He says, Clark, what is your fondest memory of the process of competition? I think uh, is that feeling right before you step on the mat and you feel like that, that adrenaline, you know, like you feel like you're about to step into battle, let's go out to war. And I know it's nothing like what these guys do when they go defend our country and go out in the military but it must be a similar feeling, you know, like you're about to just be tested, right? Yeah. You're about to, you know, everything you do that moment matters, you know? Two men enter, just, one man leaves. Sorry? <laughs> it's like two men enter, one man leaves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and it's, as, it's as equal as it can be, right? Same weight, usually same uh, skill level, same, uh, you know, uh, weapons for of yeah. tools, you know? So it's very, you know, equal and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good test. and It's a good thing for us to, for us to put ourselves in a, a little discomfort zone of discomfort for a moment there. And, now, uh, the, second, some- the, the second part of his question was, do you feel pressure and anxiety? Like, you know, he was talking about, he likes the rush of going out to what you're saying, like to go out and show my art, show what I've learned. But do you feel pressure and anxiety like, you know, like a, maybe more, I think even older competitors or people that have competed a lot, I know for like a first time competitor, usually that pressure and that anxiety of the unexpected, do you still feel elements of that or do you, is it? Yeah, I, I think uh, it's still, it's still there, you know, it still exists, but it's more controllable, you know, are you able to, to know how to, how to deal with it? You know, at one point I, I remember feeling like my heart is like racing, you know, like the days before the night before, uh, but to like embrace that and just be like, let that uplift you, you know, that adrenaline. Uh, and instead of like running away from it, just feed off of it. Towards yeah. it, embrace it. So, yeah, I mean, I think less, less and less of that as you gain more experience and you just feel like you, you build that confidence in yourself. You always know that there's a chance, like you might not, uh, perform the way you want to, but I think, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's a good thing overall, you know, to, to have that. Very cool. So we're, we're going to, uh, we've got a list of questions that we ask every, um, this is the, towards the end of the show here. Uh, we've yeah. got a list of questions that are, these are like, uh, probably the most popular questions that people submit. It's always like the same question. So we just put them into a group and we ask every guest right. the same group of questions. We call it, the drill down. That's our sound effects guy, right? <laughs> so, all right. So we're going to run through these. We can expand on them if you want. It's not a speed round or anything like that. But so uh, we'll start off with your preference, gi or no gi? Uh, generally gi these days. 
Yeah. Okay. Now, takedown or pull guard? Uh, depends who I'm fighting, but uh, you know, I'm 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 in favor of, of takedowns uh, more and more. You know, but uh, a lot of times in my in my competition, you see me pull guard a bunch, and I'm no, yeah. I've been known for to be an aggressive guard puller. Okay. So. Music during rolling, yes or no? Uh, I like to have music. I like to have something during rolling. Otherwise, a little too serious. <laughs> yeah, it gets a little too quiet, right? Um, I, I, the library. <laughs> what's your preference? You have control over the music. What are you putting on? Uh, something that's motivating, but of course, like you know, just thinking as like a good business person, nothing that's like offensive <laughs> in any way, you know, or uh, that's gonna scare anybody away, or also put anybody to sleep. You know, what I mean, or people feel. You know, we're not looking like for romantic music. We're not looking for like, I want to kill you music, just something <laughs> uh, motivating. And then it's, it's hard, man. It's hard to find good, good playlists actually. Yeah. And like, and like sometimes my, my uh, and the other instructors are playing, you know, death Check metal and stuff. And I'm like, mm, you know, I wonder if everybody's really into this or, yeah. you know, or if it's like a certain type of music <laughs> that has a lot of profanity, yeah. you know? So yeah, you gotta, my my coach always has control over the music, but what's funny is they'll put a playlist on, and then for some reason, like there'll be like a random like slow love song, yeah. and he'll he'll like no matter what he's doing, he'll be like, oh my god, turn that off, you know, and I, and I like to mess with him a little bit. I I've been with him for seven years. I feel like uh, whether he likes it or not, I feel comfortable enough to like joke around a little bit in class. So I'll usually start to sing a song like that while I'm rolling. And uh, or sing to my to my uh, opponent to my training partner, just to get under his skin a little bit. But don't tell him that. Uh, okay, so we were talking about videos and and BJJ fanatics and things like that. Um, are you somebody who watches a lot of jujitsu? You know, are you watching the WNOs? Are you watching the fight to wins? Or is it like an accountant? I'm an accountant all day long. I don't want to go home and look at numbers. What is yeah. it like for you? Yeah, I like to watch uh, live events when they're happening. I like to watch good matches, uh, but I'm not really the guy that you know goes back and 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 studies uh, a ton of ton of videos. You know, yeah. um, just just me personally, I just I just like to just get it done. Somebody show me real quick and let's do it. You know, but yeah. uh, for me to sit in front of the screen too long, you know, it's usually not really for me. But I do like to watch uh, something, especially if it's live. Yeah. Are, are you a, an MMA fan at all? Obviously, UFC is so closely associated with, you know, the Gracie family uh, founding uh, the UFC. Is that something that you still follow or follow at all? Yeah, well, I watch it a bit, a, yeah. a bit, but I don't follow it as much as Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. My coach tends to only put on, uh, he's from Brazil, he only puts on or watches the fights when it's like the main event is like a big Brazilian name who's like a known for their Jiu-Jitsu. He'll, he'll yeah. watch those. He definitely wants to, wants to see those. Um so ultimate goal in the world of jiu-jitsu, what do you want your legacy to be? Um, I, you know, I'm really happy with, with where I am. You know, I, I think it's funny. I was, people always ask like, you know, these upcoming athletes and I've been asked so many times, so what's the goal? What's the goal for this year? What's your, what's your next, you know, conquest? And, uh, you know, I just think you just got to enjoy the journey though. Every moment, every, you know, every piece of, of, uh, of your training, you know, and, and, and just the lifestyle, you know, just yeah. embracing the lifestyle. So I'm, I'm really content with, with where I am and, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying the teaching side of it as well, but, um, you know, always up for new challenges, whether that's like trying to find somebody to, to be a better athlete as a you know, student athlete 
or you know or myself uh getting new challenge becoming challenged in new ways but um yeah i think uh the the next one you know and this is a long-term one is like being that that coach that you know is doing the best they can for the their students you know so okay i like that answer uh, so our la- our very last question um this is uh, we we joke around and call this the most important question that you'll that you'll ever be asked about jujitsu. Um, we have an internal argument here. Uh, what do you Richard, mean it's not? When I when I started <laughs> the podcast, it was actually me and five friends. That changed with COVID, but originally it was me and four other people sitting around talking about jujitsu, and then we started inviting guests and and it, and it evolved. But the question is: Do you or do you not wash your belt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll just tell you the truth. I don't wash it too often. There is that old stereotype that, that I was taught, like when I was a little kid, like, you know, you, you, you wash away your knowledge or something, but I have, I have washed my belt. I'm not really super, uh, I'm not very superstitious. And, um, but I have one time left my belt in my backpack (laughs) for like, you know, like a a while, like I would always take out my (laughs) gi, wash my gi and I would just leave my belt. And then after a while, I'm like, what is that smell, man? Like, something is more, did you wash your gi? It's not my gi, you know? I'm yeah. like, look, I washed my gi, I showered, I promise. And then, like, you know, it took some time to figure out, but I was like, it's been my belt this whole time, yeah. you know? Okay. Uh, That's a right. familiar so, story. That's yeah. a very familiar story. You have story. to wash <laughs> that belt. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I am a, a belt washer. I do get a lot of shit for it. Um, I have started to spray. We have a, a, a sponsor called Neutral Zone. They have cleaning products. And they have a spray, so I actually like spray it a lot now. I won't wash it all the time. I've gotten a lot of crap from like we had Wagner on and and some other people that have like given me shit for like, no, it's not just the washing away the the uh, the, the knowledge. knowledge. That was the old school thing, but he's just like it, it. It makes it look like you've trained more, like you're trying to fake that you've trained more. It was never that. I have actually got two belts. I've got one that my coach gave me when I when I got my brown belt. And it's super brown, and I didn't wear it a lot because I wore a, sp- a belt the sponsor gave me, and that one's a lot more faded. I don't care. I switch it up. I go back and forth. I never thought of that as a student, but as a coach, people have told me like, "Oh no, you're you're trying to make it look like you've trained a little bit more than you actually have." So, uh, so anyway, so we got you as a belt washer. That's good. We'll we'll uh, we'll take we'll take you on our side. So, listen. Thank you very much for doing this. We really appreciate it. I do want to give you a, a minute or take your time. Uh, do you have anybody that you want to give a shout out to? Talk about your BJJ fanatics. Give your IG. Any of that stuff. The floor is yours. Well, first I want to just thank uh, Leon Optics uh, Sunglasses for connecting me with you and, mm-hmm. and setting up this uh, this interview. That's, that's been awesome. Yeah. There I, we go. Yeah, yeah, that's sunglasses. Lionel's awesome. He's been great. He's taking care of us a lot. So uh, we love working with him. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. Good local guy here in San Diego. And uh, yeah, I mean, people can reach out to me on uh, Instagram, Clark, just at Clark Gracie. Um, I have uh, BG, some BG FedEx instructionals. But uh, one thing I'm also really excited about is, is building uh, my online library, video library which I'm filming every week, the techniques that I'm teaching in my classes. And uh, it's called Clark Gracie Connected. Okay. It's been a, it's been a fun project and, and it's just subscription-based. So people, that's something that I, I tell people, you know, it's a way for me to stay connected with, with people all around, all my affiliates that are like just spread all over the world and they can kind of, you know, see what I'm doing at home 
uh, things that I'm excited about teaching and, and training okay. on a regular basis. So it's been fun. That's awesome. And people can hit you up on your IG if they're interested in having you come out to do a seminar at their gym. Is that where uh, normally sure. uh, people would connect with you? Yeah, a lot of times there. Yeah. Okay. Facebook, Perfect. Air, email, my website, clarkracy.com. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, again, thank you very much. Like I said, don't hang up. We're going to come take a couple of pictures. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, come back whenever you uh, you got something going on. We really appreciate it. All right, right man. On. Thanks for the All right, yes. take care. Hold on. Thank you to Neutral Zone CBD, a combat family-owned company that supports athletes and the people who love them. Neutral Zone strives to deliver clean CBD products for sports recovery in gummies, lotions, balms, roll-ons, and more. After a competition, a hard rolling session, or a tough day on the job, Neutral Zone has a product designed to help you reduce inflammation, increase cell rejuvenation, and may even help with aging joints. Visit NeutralZoneCBD.com and get 25% off your order with code JJD. And follow them on Instagram too, at MyNeutralZone. Jiu-Jitsu's favorite monthly subscription box has now joined the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast. The BJJ box is delivered to your door filled with premium jiu-jitsu and grappling apparel, equipment, supplements, supplies, snacks, and more. The crew at the BJJ box find the best in the world of jiu-jitsu and guarantee every box to be worth more than the cost. Each box includes four to seven items you're going to love. Visit thebjjbox.com and use code JJD10 to get $10 off your very first box. And give them a follow on Instagram at TheBJJBox. Special thank you to the crew over at Flow and Roll for all their support. Flow and Roll is renowned for their incredible nogi rash guards, shorts, and leggings. Flow and Roll has quickly become the premier custom apparel provider for academies big and small throughout the United States. Reach out today to discuss your custom order and ask about their incredible pre-order program. You can send an email to flowenroll at gmail.com or visit their Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll and shoot them a direct message. And yes, they can create an awesome custom gi for your academy as well. Visit flowenroll.com to check out their awesome designs and while you're there, pick up a Jiu-Jitsu Dummy signature tee exclusively at flowenroll.com. And remember, you'll get 20% off your purchase of t-shirts, rash guards, or gis with code JJD. All right, very cool. What do you think, Bo? Uh, very interesting. Very we cool guy. Our, our first Gracie. Yeah, first Gracie. And he's a uh, very cool guy. Very chill. To, uh, cheers to yeah, cheers. cheers. So yeah, very very cool. I'm like, uh, you know, it, it's funny because that picture that uh, that that we were talking about is uh, like an iconic picture of iconic, not only of him but of a, the whole meme thing that that ensued yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To this day, it's still. And it's a very strange move. Um, I was sitting here looking at it, trying to dissect it. If you saw that omoplata on, it's not so crazy when you see it on the floor, but to see somebody stand up with it, like that guy's arm is like this stuck over his hip. It's like a Kimura in a triangle, a leg triangle. You could kind of call it doing a Kimura with your legs on somebody. I guess, yeah, yeah, you can say that. That's a good observation. And he's interlocking and then 
doing yeah. a back grab with a leg. If you're on the ground, you're basically holding the guy so he can't roll over yeah. and his leg is stuck. The other guy doesn't look very As happy. As you lean forward, his arm is going further up. If you look at the other guy, he's, he's not very happy. <laughs> no, he's not. He's concentrating. So, like, how how do I keep my arm? <laughs> it's yeah. about but to break off. You know off. what? You're, in most, you're hoping that the guy's going to slide off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's no, not no, the case. No, no. No, he, look, he looks pretty settled in there. <laughs> yeah. Like his legs are really tied together. That's why he just looks like he's looking yeah. at the time, you know? So... <laughs> All right, check us out at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies for all the ways to watch, listen, and support the show. Uh, my IG is Uncle Milty BJJ. And Bo? At B-A-D-W-E-R-K-S. All right, we're going to keep it short and sweet today. Thank you for watching and listening, everyone. Peace, love, Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. Hey, don't forget this time. I'm going to put that in. <laughs>